I want to encourage you now, go ahead, grab your Bible. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1 together. In a message entitled, Staying Focused at Christmas and Every Other Day. You know, we, we also talk about the distractions of life uh, at Christmas, and certainly it is a time of distraction, but we're going to see, hopefully this morning, that distractions come every day of every week of every month throughout the year. So how is it that we can stay focused on what truly matters? Now, Matthew 1 is one of the uh, two accounts of the birth of Christ. It is a familiar passage to you, I'm sure, but hopefully this morning we're going to see it just a little bit different and truly help us as we go throughout uh, the remainder of this Christmas season, but then every other day as well. So if you have found Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to ask if you would stand to honor the reading of God's Word as we begin in the 18th verse. The Word of God says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus." Let's pray together. Father, we praise you again for your word. We thank you for the possibility of studying it. But Lord, we know that truly understanding comes as a gift from your Holy Spirit. And so, God, we ask that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive the truth of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The 30 or so days before or between Thanksgiving and Christmas are often some of the busiest days and some of the most hectic in our life. It's, they're stress-filled. It's interesting because we go from a day that was instituted uh, back in 1790 during the presidency of George Washington as a day of Thanksgiving, a day that was to be reflective of God's grace, a time of rest and worship, we have gone from that to now Thanksgiving has become more about parades, more about eating way too much food, and then even perusing sales ads to form an attack strategy on our shopping the next morning. So really the day that was set aside back in 1790 as a day of rest, worship, and reflection has given way to something entirely different, but it also, on the, the day after our thankfulness, our greed tends to show. Because you've got Black Friday. 
Not to be outdone by Black Friday. You now have Small Business Saturday. And not to be outdone by those two, instead of Cyber Monday, now you have Cyber Week. And so it is more and more and more. And it used to be, I'm going to show my age a little bit. It used to be that Black Friday started on, call me crazy, but Friday. Now it starts at like 8 o'clock on Thursday. Now, please understand, if you are a Black Friday shopper, okay. If you're a small business Saturday shopper, good. If you are a sit-in-my-pajamas-behind-a-tablet Cyber Week shopper, I get you. That's not the issue. The issue is become the commercialization of the beginning of the unfolding of the greatest story ever told. The greatest hope, the only hope for the world has been pushed out by glittering lights and parties and a thousand other distractions that constantly bombard us. Now again, going to family functions and think those are not the enemy. I want you to understand this. The enemy is when we allow other things or other people to pull our attention and our focus off of God. Distractions are a part of life. For those of you who have ADD, they are a frequent part of your life. To be nice, we call them squirrels. And there are lots of squirrels running around in the forest. Okay? But let's not kid ourselves. It's not like distractions are brand new. It's not like it's something that is confined to our lifetime. In fact, the matter, I I would say if we really studied at it, we could see that even Mary and Joseph on the first Christmas had some distractions. Let's talk about Mary for a second. Here's this poor teenage girl who has been pregnant, so her body has been changing. Hormones have been raging. There are stretch marks, morning sickness, you did this to me moments happening for nine months. Then we've got the fact that things between her and Joseph weren't all that good. You see, Mary had to tell her fiancé, I'm pregnant. And Joseph knew he wasn't the father. You know that everywhere Mary went, people were whispering, that's the girl. She's the one that was unfaithful. Carrying that scarlet letter all around. Some of you know some of those distractions. You've had the whispers. You've had those those things happen in, in your life. And you've been defined by those things, even though people don't know the full story of those things so that's Mary what about Joseph well Joseph I mean he had some distractions see Joseph had to deal with the fact that apparently his fiance was unfaithful to him Joseph had to deal with the distraction that not only do I have to provide for a wife now I've got to provide for a family Joseph had to deal with the distraction of, I have to get my wife on a 70-mile journey at nine months pregnant for a census. 
Now, I don't know what it would have been like to travel uh, 70 miles in those days, but Diana can absolutely tell you what it's like to travel 30 minutes over Windy Gap Mountain at nine months pregnant. She didn't like me very much. Okay? So, I mean, let's, let's compound that to 70 miles walking and on a donkey. Probably not real convenient. Oh, by the way, I mean, you know Joseph had all his buddies telling him what they would have done with their wife if she was unfaithful to them, right? So Mary's getting talked about. Joseph's being told what he's supposed to do. Oh, by the way, on the night that she gave birth, here come these shepherds going, hey, some angels appeared to us and told us that in this, this day that a Savior was born who is Christ the Savior, and we just want to come and see him. Now, how many of you mamas here on the day that you gave birth to your precious blessing of God wanted a whole lot of people invading your room and invading your privacy? Probably not a lot. All of these things are going on, so let's be honest, that Mary and Joseph would have understood distractions like you and I understand distractions. But what do we do with them? Well, this is where I think another Mary and her story can help us. If you've got your Bibles, I want to encourage you now. Let's go to Luke chapter 10 together. Luke chapter 10, I'm going to start in verse 38. It says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha, receiving him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also uh, sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she should help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things but one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her see the one big thing this morning is this that reminding yourself of why Christmas matters will help you stay focused and less stressed during this Christmas time see so often you and I get stressed and strung out Because we are running from place to place and thing to thing. We are sacrificing the necessary for the tyranny of the urgent. So how can we put things in a proper perspective? Well, here's the one point for this morning, and it is this. Remember what is the most important. Pastor, uh, teacher, and author Daniel Henderson in writing a book specifically to the church, but certainly applies to us as well, said this. Satan doesn't have to divide us to be successful. He merely has to distract us to be successful. You know what? I think Daniel Henderson's right. All he's got to do is distract us from what really matters, and it will keep us from doing the things that matter. And this is how he continues to operate because so often when we get to Christmas, I mean, I heard it on Wednesday night. 
Okay, even here, I heard Jesus-loving people go, I can't wait till Christmas is over. That was one of them. Now, partly for me, I just want Spirit FM and the journey to turn Christmas music off. Whew. It couldn't have been a silent night when I've heard it for the 15th time in the last hour. <laughs> but why do we feel that way? I mean, this is one of the greatest times of the year. I love the music in portion. I, I love the lights and all of the things that, that Christmas comes with. I love that time of year. So why is it that most of us as adults are just going, get me to Wednesday? It's because we have spent so much time focusing on the non-essential stuff. We have allowed things and other people to rob us of our joy and our peace with God. And so what would Jesus say to us? Well, I think he would say to us exactly what he said to Martha here in Luke 10. When he says this, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. That is, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. I just kind of wonder, how many of you this morning, if you were honest, are anxious and troubled about things? How many of you are sitting here, and as much as you are trying to sing the worship songs as much as you're trying to dial into God's word right now you find yourself every few moments thinking about what's coming up later today or tomorrow or Tuesday have I done this have I, all of our minds I mean it's just consumed over and over and, and so it is pulling us away from Christ and, but Jesus says but one thing is needful and Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her Jesus looking at Martha and going, Martha, you're distracted about a lot of little things, but none of them are the main thing. Again, I kind of wonder how many Marthas are there here today? That the joy of the season, the joy of life is sucked out of you day by day because these things just keep popping up and they're pulling you away and they're dividing you, they're distracting you. Now in contrast, Jesus points to Mary's humble, quiet, teachable, and worship-filled attitude. Now by doing this, Jesus is not only pointing out that Martha, you're distracted, but he is also at the same time pointing Martha to the most important person there, him. See, oftentimes we, we teach this from the standpoint of we need to value people over productivity. And, and certainly there's an element of that in this story. However, the real thing that is in this story is Jesus going, I'm the most important. Stop being defined by what you do and start worshiping me. Because this is actually a story, a great contrast of two types of people that are here this morning. There are those who are married who are sitting at the feet of Jesus, which indicates she is resting and trusting in who he is. Jesus is everything to Mary. So there are Marys in here. But my fear is there's a lot of Marthas. And the Marthas are the people who think they have to do stuff for God to love them and for God to save them. 
See, Martha is a case study in works salvation. Mary is a case study in grace through faith salvation. Some of you, the biggest thing that's on your mind right now is making sure you don't mess up so bad that God will get rid of you. Some of you are, are trying to figure out, have I done enough for God to love me and to save me? Have I attended enough services? Have I read my Bible enough? Have I prayed enough? Have I given enough? Have I served enough? Have I done enough? And, and it is worrying you and it is creating anxiety in you because every night you lay your head down and you have this nagging question in your mind, have I done enough? And the fact that the joy of Jesus escapes you, haunts you. So I want you to become a Mary in a Martha world. I want you to understand what it means to rest and trust in the all-sufficiency of the grace of Jesus Christ. See, you and I were created by God and for God, Colossians 1 tells us. We were created to worship him. We were created for a relationship with him. We weren't created to accumulate debt to buy temporary stuff. And that's really the things that suck the joy out of the Christmas season is we always have to find just that perfect gift. And we spend countless hours online researching and reading reviews and going back and forth. And we tell ourselves, this year I'm not going to overextend myself financially. This year I'm not going to go into debt. And then we get up to the week of Christmas and go, oh no. Now I've got to run, hide, and change my name in January because the bills are going to come due. And it just constantly takes the life out of us. Because we focused on the temporary, not the eternal. So how can it be different? How can Jesus change your life this, this very day, this very season? I want to suggest two things to you this morning. First off, I would say this. Anticipate distractions. You know the things that stress us out the most? The things that we don't know are coming. Right? Those are the things that worry us. Like when we go to our car in the morning, we put the key in, we turn the ignition over, we expect the car to start. But it doesn't. Or it starts and uh, that little check engine light comes on. Right? We're like, oh great, here we go. What now? Forgetting that like the car is 14 years old, like it's tired, stuff's going to wear out, kind of like we wear out. Or you, you go to wash a load of laundry and you notice that your agitator isn't agitating as well. And we get frustrated, which agitates us. Or you go to your refrigerator and you, you've been outside, you've been working hard, getting ready for all your family to come over. You want a nice ice-cold bottle of water only to discover, man, that is lukewarm at best. Great, I've got all these people over here. I've got all this food in the refrigerator. Now it's good for nothing. What am I going to do? Those are the things that stress us out, aren't they? I'll give you another story. See, revolving around our life as a family is that the Saturday before Christmas, we always have a Christmas get-together with Diane's family down in Montvale. That is set in stone as much as Christmas is. 
Now, our youngest son, Caleb, he's a wrestler. He's pretty good at it. He just waved at me. Hi, buddy. Squirrel. So, he's a wrestler. Now, all week we'd said, you know what? Let's take this week off. We have been running and running and running and running. And frankly, I'm tired. And everybody's tired. Let's just take the week off. Well, I still can't tell you to this day what happened, but Friday it all changed. And it's a local tournament. And man, right in, right in our backyard, Franklin County High School. This is a great tournament. So we register. And we, ha- we make a decision. Diane's going to take the other kids. They're going to go down to Montvale. I say, it's okay. I'm going to take them. You know, they, they're going to run the tournament pretty close to on time. My mind, it's going to be over at 1.30. I'm in Montvale by 2.30. Life is good. We are set. We get up early in the morning. He's dressed. I'm dressed. We're out the door. Everything is proceeding according to plan. And then all of a sudden, about 15 minutes before wrestling is supposed to start, there comes an announcement over the loudspeaker. I'm sorry to say this, but we've had a computer glitch, and all of the wrestlers have been deleted from the tournament, and our brackets have been deleted. So we're going to have to go back and input each wrestler by their grade and their weight, and then we're going to rebuild the brackets. We will start wrestling as soon as we can. Ninety minutes later, let's get ready to wrestle. I was ready 90 minutes ago. That's okay. I look at bout numbers. They're pretty close together. This will go pretty quick. It went quick on every other mat except the mat he was wrestling on. So remember, I said done by 1.30. We're there by 2.30. We didn't start wrestling until 11.30. 12.30. 30, 2.30, 3.30, 4.30. We are still going. Finally, 4.45. Brackets wrapped up. They call out his weight class. He gets to get up on a podium, get a super cheesy little picture. And, and I kind of look at him and said, hey, do you remember the song that Andrew sung at his uh, recital, that Run Run Rudolph? Yeah, I said, good. Run Run Caleb. Out the door of the high school, we go into the car, and we are going to Montvale as fast as we can. And God has a sense of humor because there was a law-abiding citizen who every time they passed somebody, hit their brakes. So finally, it's about 6.15, we get into Montvale. And we get there, and I'm excited. Uh, The kids are happy to see us. I'm relieved. And about 60 minutes later, it's over. What was the problem? I didn't anticipate that something could have gone wrong. Now, did we set out for that to happen? Absolutely not. We set out to have a good afternoon at a good tournament and go and spend. We wanted our cake and eat it too. What I forgot was this, that God, as the sovereign creator and ruler of it all, he has the right to interrupt our lives at any moment for any reason, and he doesn't have to ask our permission. He did it to Mary and Joseph, right? 
Mary wasn't sitting there. She didn't fill out a, a Google form asking to be the mother of the child of God. God sovereignly interrupted her life. And so what I want you to understand is sometimes we have to realize and anticipate distractions are going to happen. But distractions are an invitation not to get frustrated, but rather to worship. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 9 says that man makes plans, but it's the Lord that directs his steps. You see, everything that happened, even yesterday, was part of God's sovereign plan. Why did I get frustrated and stressed out and strung out? Because I wanted God to do things my way. we got to understand, church, that God will interrupt our lives to course correct us, to get us where he wanted us to begin with. And this is exactly what he is doing with Martha here. And we think about what are some of the common distractions during Christmas time? Well, shortage of money. We're going to be more tired because of all the demands on our time. The stress in January because we've got to pay the bills we racked up in December. Uh, side note, man, I hope that wasn't you. Really hope not. But what is God trying to do in all of these common distractions? What is he trying to say to us? That stuff isn't forever. I am. Focus on me. Worship me. Love me. And be willing to let that other stuff go. You know, sometimes in this, around this time of year, people go through depression. In fact, no matter, depression rates go up and suicide rates go up between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Why? Because we've all been touched by sin through death. We gather around with our friends and our family and we look at the table and we see a chair that once held somebody that we dearly loved, but now all we see is an empty chair. And it floods our our minds. And we're sad because we miss them. What's God trying to possibly teach us with that? that none of us are going to be here forever. For what is your life is but a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Cherish the people that you have around you because they're not always going to be there. Focus on the eternal. He's trying to teach us that people cannot give us our happiness. Man, so many people run around these days and all their hopes and all their dreams are forced onto another person and then they get let down because that person fails. Please understand that nobody can be all things to you other than Jesus Christ. Anticipate distractions. This time of year puts additional strain on marriages in families because in every household you have two people you have one that it takes jaws of life to crack open the wallet to spend a penny and you have the free spender and they are always at odds with one another 
in families, you got all of these things going on. It's Jesus trying to teach us what really matters. What really matters will never come out of my wallet. What matters is what came out of the glories of heaven to that stable on that first Christmas night and then went to a cross outside of Jerusalem and died there and then walked out of the tomb three days later. That's the most important aspect of it. We need to understand that distractions are going to come, but we have got to keep our laser focus on Jesus. The second thing I would say from the application standpoint is this. When a distraction comes, keep them in perspective. See, all those things that we were talking about, none of those are going to change your eternal destiny. Running out of money at Christmas shopping isn't going to cost you your salvation. Turning down an invitation to a Christmas party because you just need time to rest isn't going to result in God going, you know, I would have saved you, but you said no, so bye. This is not what God is going to do. See, these temporary things, they are not the reason for the season, but they are often the treason for the season. They rob us of joy, of peace, of worship. Because we substitute the living God for a false dead idol. Which can never satisfy us. In our story in Luke 10, it's not that Martha was wrong for wanting to serve. We should all want to serve. And Jesus says, more blessed to give than to receive, right? Fact of the matter, I mean, it it was the cultural expectation that Martha would serve. So the serving isn't the problem. The problem was this. Martha got her value based on what she did for Jesus rather than her time with Jesus. Her value in her mind was based on what she could do, not whose she was. Some of you need to hear that this morning because you are working yourself literally to death. You were trying to earn God's love. You were trying to earn your way into heaven. And there is no possible way you can do that. For those that are trying to earn God's love, can I tell you something? You cannot make God love you more than he already does. How do I know that? Because of what Romans 5, 8 says. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't love us because we got our stuff together and we came to church. Jesus loved us when we were rebels against him. So you will not make God love you any more than he already does. He will not somehow go, oh, come into into my presence, my child, because you somehow uh, have served. I want to free some of you, and this may not sit well with some others, but I want you to hear this. Jesus doesn't need us. He doesn't need me preaching this morning. He doesn't need me preaching tomorrow. He doesn't need me teaching on Wednesday. 
He doesn't need us singing songs. He doesn't need us teaching classes. He doesn't need us doing any of these things. The joy of Christmas is not what I can do for Jesus, but in the fact that Jesus came and did what I could never do for me. That's the joy that he did what I couldn't do. If there's any reason to rest and worship and glorify God, it's that. That he died in my place so that we could have a relationship with him. And the fact is that when someone or something becomes more important to you than Jesus, you're worshiping an idol. And I think the number one idol at Christmas time, believe it or not, is not commercialization. It's not, you know, the latest and greatest technology and stuff. I think the number one idol that often creeps up at this time of year is our family. Let me explain. I'm not saying don't spend time with family. Family's good. Family's a gift from God. But when family becomes more important than worshiping the one who gave you life, your family's an idol. When your schedule revolves around family events rather than the worship of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, your family has become an idol. When we get together and we don't worship through praising our Savior for what He did, then they have become an idol. Again, family is a blessing from God. If you've got them around here, don't take them for granted. If your family is out of town, call them. Spend time with them. Praise God for them. But don't ever let them become the most important thing. I love my children. I would do just about anything for my children. But my children can never become more important to me than my Savior. I love my wife. Man, what a great gift from God. I still have no idea why she said yes. I, I love her so much. It, it's just incredible. But she's not Jesus. Keep your distractions in perspective. Know they're going to come. But know that there is nothing and no one who has done for you what Jesus has done for you. There is no one who loves you more than Jesus loves for you. There is no one who can do anything more for you than what Jesus has already done for you. And because of that, worship him. Adore him. Celebrate him. Jesus is saying, find your joy in me. Find your joy in your relationship with me. Let me be your identity. So you don't have the latest and greatest toy or technology. You got me, it's okay. You don't have the greatest of the car. You got me, it's okay. You, you, you don't have a lot of money in the bank. That's okay. You got me. Let him be the one that satisfies you. Not just today, but every day. Be a Mary in a Martha world. Jesus' invitation to his audience is the invitation I'm going to give this morning. It's Matthew chapter 11, verses, verse 28. 
Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That rest is salvation. That work is those of you who are trying to work your way into heaven, who are trying to work to be good enough. Jesus is saying, you're never going to be able to achieve it. But my death on the cross achieved it for you. So lay down your tools. Lay down your effort. And come sit at the feet of Jesus. Would you stand as we're going to pray? Father, in the quietness and even the holiness of this time together, we believe that we have come on holy ground not because we have come in and of ourselves, not because we have come to a building that we call a church. We believe rather that we are on holy ground because you are in our presence. You are in fact the honored guest of this service and every service that we hold. But Father, you are also the one that we must stand before one day. You are the author of grace. You are the one who showers us with love. But you are also a holy, righteous judge. And because you created every one of us, you know what's in our heart and what's in our mind right now. You know the Marys in this place and you know the Marthas. And your invitation is simply for them to come and to trust you. To not focus on what they can do for you, but to worship you for what you have done for us. And so, Father, we pray for those this morning in this place that may have never trusted you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray that they would have heard the gospel clearly today and that they would respond in love and adoration of you, that today would be that joy of salvation, that their name would be written in the book of life and they can have joy not only this Christmas but every day, especially in the presence of you for all of eternity. Father, for my brothers and sisters who are struggling this morning, who are weighted down by a lot of cares in life, who are distracted by the many things, Lord, I pray that they would just lay them down. Let us lay these things down that we may raise our hands in worship and praise of you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you continue to stand, we're going to sing Amazing Grace. If you need to pray, let's respond to Christ together.